0: lesson for this morning is going to finish up our series on facing the future and i've got an idea for next month i think next month we're going to spend on being more like jesus and some of the aspects of jesus that we can learn from Uh, but today's lesson is going to be based on a question will he find us faithful we've been looking at the past we've been looking at our present We've been looking at our future as far as uh, Christianity is concerned. And so as we look into the future, we look at that final question. Will he find us faithful? Uh, There are many questions that we could ask. Uh, We might ask, am I pleasing God? And, And certainly that's an important question for us to ask. Am I following the word of God? And that's also an important question for us to ask. Am I a faithful Christian? And all of those things are very important. And they lead up to this one question, will he find us faithful? When Jesus comes in the end, whenever we face judgment, will we be found faithful? And there probably isn't a more important question in that regard. To be found faithful in the end, a Christian must live faithfully in this life. It is not enough for one to simply obey the gospel. One must also prepare mind and heart for faithful service. Living faithful, personally, means I am also of the mind to prepare others for faithful service. All Christians must be active in soul winning bringing others to a knowledge of not only what they must do to be to be saved but also what is required of them throughout life. Whether or not we are to be found faithful depends on how we are living today. One who is not not living a faithful life of service to God will not be found faithful in the end. Our lesson objectives are singular today. We have one objective, really, to determine whether or not we are currently living faithfully for God in order to determine whether or not we will be found faithful at the end of this life. Living faithfully. Obeying the gospel is important to us living faithfully. When we realize that we are not in a saved condition. We look at different aspects of of this throughout Scripture. We look at judgment. And we know what's going to happen in regard to judgment from Matthew 25. And beginning with verse 31. And Jesus here is speaking. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Judgment is going to be a separation. And we understand that Jesus is in charge of this separation. But the goats will be separated from the sheep. And so when we realize that we are not in a saved condition. We realize that we will not be separated with the sheep. And that's a, an important step to us obeying the gospel. In regard to Christ's return, in Mark 13, in beginning with verse 32, it says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest, coming suddenly, he find you sleeping." And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. When Christ returns, all the people of the world will be separated, each to his eternity, based on how he has lived. And when we realize that we will not be separated with the sheep, it's an important reminder that we need to obey the gospel. And all of us who have become Christians have done that. There has been a time in each of our lives when we have realized that we are not in a saved condition and we needed to do something about it. When we realize we are not in a saved condition, we need to obey the gospel. When the Jews realized they were not in a saved condition, we see what happens in Acts 2 and verse 37. They asked a very important question. In Acts two thirty seven, now when they heard this they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? In verse thirty eight, then Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. When the Ethiopian eunuch realized that he was not in the safe condition, he also asked a very important question. In Acts 8 and verse 36. Acts 8 and verse 36. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. When the Philippian jailer realized that he was not in a saved condition, in Acts 16, and beginning with verse 29, Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Before one can obey the gospel, he must realize that he is not in a saved condition. And those who are not in a saved condition when facing judgment... Will be separated to the left with the goats, separated from Christ and separated from faithful loved ones for all eternity. When realizing that we are not in a saved condition, one must obey the gospel plan of salvation. Obeying the gospel means, first of all, hearing the gospel learning about the gospel, and believing what we have been taught. Begin in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17. Romans 10, verses 14 through 17. How then should they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, thinking of Israel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, Israel had received the message from God. They heard the message, but they refused to obey it. And that's what is being spoken of in Romans chapter 10. Now, if we have heard the message, it is important for us to believe and obey. What does obedience consist of? The Jews in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were told to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. it's the same for us today. Repentance and baptism for the remission of sins is important. In regard to the Ethiopian eunuch, he was asked if he believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and he did when he affirmed his belief, he was baptized also for the remission of his sins. And in the case of the Philippian jailer, he believed and was baptized for the remission of his sins. Obedience consists of repentance, confession, and baptism for the remission of sins. So in order to take ourselves from the point of realization that we are outside of Christ, then we must hear and believe the gospel, and we must obey it. While obedience qualifies us for the wrath, if you will, it does not guarantee that we will finish. Look for a moment with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verses 6 through 8. And here we read of the words of Paul to Timothy, what we believe to be some of his final words uh, in, in the final days of his life. And In 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 6, it says, For I am ready, already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. His race was not run in obedience to the gospel, but in living faithfully. Again, obedience to the gospel qualifies us to run the race. But it does not guarantee that we will finish. Now what did Paul have to do in living faithfully? He says that he fought the good fight. He had finished the race now his reward awaited him there was great effort in his life in regard to living faithfully in speaking of con- his concern for the faithfulness of his brethren in second corinthians chapter 11 and beginning with verse 1 second corinthians 11 and beginning with verse 1 paul writes this <coughs> Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In speaking to the Corinthians he encouraged them to live faithfully and faithfully only to the doctrine that had been given them faithful only to Christ not to err from the truth in any way, but he was concerned for their faithfulness. Jesus encouraged the church of Smyrna to remain faithful in his letter to them. In Revelation chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things it says, the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. And he says toward the end of verse 10, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. One desiring to be found faithful at the end of this life. Must also live a life of faithfulness to God. It is more than simply obeying the gospel plan of salvation. There's more to faithfulness than becoming a Christian. That's only the beginning. But our lives must be lived in accordance with His will. Now, this question that we began with will He find us faithful? applies more to than just to the individual Christian. It also applies to the church. So let's look for a moment at the faithful church. First of all, we as a congregation have a duty to faithfulness to the doctrine. We need to be faithful to the doctrine that has been given to us. In Romans 6, and beginning with verse 16, and reading through verse 18. Romans 6, verses 16 through 18. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Faithfulness begins with doctrine, and it continues in doctrine as well. Remember the description of the church following uh, the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, And verses 40 through 42. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three thousand souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Faithfulness depends on whether we are found faithfully, continuing in the doctrine presented to us in God's Word. In in Acts chapter 2, we see that the church was continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, as they should. And that should be our goal as well. Paul warns the Galatians against adhering to any other gospel. In Galatians 1, beginning with verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Faithfulness depends on our attitude toward the Scriptures. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What is our attitude toward scriptures? Do we believe this to be so? Do we believe the scriptures to be inspired only of God? Do we believe them to be profitable to us? To completely equip us for the work at hand as Christians? Do we believe the scriptures to be the final and authoritative word or will of God? Notice what is said in Jude verse 3. Beloved, While I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. We are judged based on whether or not we have been faithful in continuing in the scriptures as they have been given to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 9. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 9. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well-known to God... (laughs) excuse me, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. So our attitude plays an important role in our faithfulness as a congregation and as individuals. And finally, it depends on our commitment to keeping and delivering the message presented to us. First of all, in our own obedience. Our obedience to the plan of salvation and continuing faithfully in service to God. It depends on our observance of the Great Commission. In Luke 24, beginning with verse 46, then he said to them, Thus it is written, And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Mark 16 verses 15 and 16 And He said to them Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It is important for us to go about preaching the same thing that was preached to us in order for us to be obedient to the plan of salvation. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That was the mission that was given to the apostles. And it's the same mission that is given to us today. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We continue that mission of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to everyone who is in need of obeying We're told in verse 16 of Mark 16 that he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So the question comes to us today. Will we be found faithful? And the answer to the question is is it depends. It depends on a great deal. It depends on, first of all, our own obedience to the gospel. Have we become Christians? And it also depends on our commitment to remaining faithful until Christ returns. Not only are we to obey the gospel, but we are to live faithfully. And so the question also comes to us, are we faithful children of God? Or have we erred from the way? Have we erred away from the truth of the gospel? Have we erred away from faithfully serving Christ? Will the church be found faithful? It depends. It depends on our commitment to the doctrine that is given to us by God in His Word. Our faithfulness as a congregation depends on that commitment. Are we committed to that service? It depends on our attitude toward the Scriptures and our commitment to keeping His Word. Are we committed to the inspired Word of God and no other? It depends on our commitment to sharing His Word with the world. So, will we be found faithful? It depends. It depends on you. How do you answer that question? Have you obeyed the gospel? Are you living faithfully today? And if not, then we would ask you to respond to the Lord's invitation. If you're subject to it, we hope that you would, would make that known today so that we can help you in whatever way we can. If you need to come in obedience, or if you need to come in repentance, if you need to come asking for prayer or for forgiveness for something that you've done, If there is some way that we can help you today, please let it be known. As together we stand, as we sing.